The Laws of Divorce, Chapter 12. This section mostly has to do with how we approach claims regarding whether a woman is divorced after the fact. First halacha. If a woman states, I was married and now I am divorced, we presume that she is telling the truth, because we would have had no basis to forbid her to remarry, but for her own testimony that she was previously married. And so she is also trusted to say that she is now permitted. If, however, she is presumed to be married, and she states, my husband divorced me, the presumption overrides her testimony. If, however, the husband dies, she would not do yibum, she would do chalitza. Second halacha. If there are two witnesses that testify that she was divorced, they are believed even if she does not have a get, and she can remarry. And if she produces the get, she is believed even if we have not yet verified the witnesses. This was actually already explained in chapter 7. Third halacha. If a husband comes and complains and says, I did not give her that get, rather it fell from my hand and she took it, he is not believed, because he has admitted that the get was written. Other claims, however, might be believed. If he said that the get is a forgery, if he said that there was a tenai, a condition on it, then the signatures have to be verified, or we require witness testimony to establish that she is in fact divorced. Fourth halacha. If, however, they both come and she says, he divorced me, and he says, I did not divorce you, we believe her because we assume she would not so brazenly state that in front of him were it not true. Fifth halacha. The husband's statement alone that he divorced his wife is not necessarily believed, and this is true even if the woman says yes, that's true. The concern being that perhaps the get was void and the husband is trying to cause her trouble. Rather, in such a case, we would tell the husband, divorce her again in our presence. Six halacha. If two witnesses testify that she was divorced and two witnesses testify that she was not divorced, even if the husband comes and supports her claim, we are concerned that perhaps she is not divorced. If she remarried, she would be forced to leave her husband and any children will be considered illegitimate. Seventh halacha. This last halacha, however, is only the case if she had gotten divorced immediately prior to the testimony, in which case we expect that if she actually was divorced, she would have her get. But if it was some time ago, perhaps even days ago, then it is possible that she lost her get and the presumption would be different. If she marries one of the witnesses that spoke in her favor, they do not have to divorce. If she married someone else, however, who does not know whether she was divorced properly, we would compel her to leave him, and any children would be of doubtful status. Eitalacha. If two witnesses say we saw her divorced, and two witnesses say we did not see this, if there's a reason that the two other witnesses should have seen it, like they live in the same courtyard, she should not remarry on that basis. But if she does marry, she does not need to leave her second husband. Obviously, if there is no reason for the second witnesses to have seen anything, then their testimony doesn't matter. If there is no presumption that she was previously married, and one witness comes and says she was previously married but she got divorced, and another comes and says she was previously married but did not get divorced, we have two witnesses testifying that she was married, and so therefore we assume she was married. But we only have one testifying that she was divorced, and so therefore we cannot assume that she was divorced. If a woman came from another country, along with two men, and one of the men says, this is my wife, and the other one is my servant, and the other man says the same thing, even though we have two witnesses testifying that she was married, their testimony concerns themselves, and so therefore it can be discarded. So if she says, no, they're both my servants, she's free to remarry. Eleventh halacha. As we have said before, if there was an agent who was appointed to receive the get, and the get is in his possession, and the husband said, it's a forgery, the get should be verified. But if the husband said, I gave it to you for safekeeping, and the agent said, no, you gave it to me for divorce, the agent is believed. And the same is true if the woman has the get, and the agent testified that he gave it to her. Twelfth halacha. If she lost the get, and the agent states that it was given to me, and I gave it to her, even if the husband agrees, the divorce is in doubt, because the presumption is that she's married and one of the two witnesses who says otherwise is her husband. 13th halacha. If she appointed an agent to receive the get, and the agent gives her the get, we can assume that she is divorced. She need not confirm that the husband gave it to the agent. 14th halacha. But if the husband protests and says that it's a forgery, then the get would be verified with the witnesses. 15th halacha. If she and her husband left the country, and they were on good terms, and she comes back and she states, my husband died, we assume she's telling the truth, and she would be permitted to remarry, and she could perform yubum. We assume she would not lie about something which is falsifiable, that is, something whose truth could be determined. 16th halacha. Anyone is fit to offer testimony about these matters, other than the five women who we referred to earlier, 
that can be presumed to hate one another. They are the mother-in-law, another wife of the man, a Yavama, her husband's daughter from another marriage, the daughter of the mother-in-law. If a Gentile states in conversation that he knows she's divorced, as long as he does not think that his testimony will be relied upon, he can be believed. 17 Talacha. The same thing is true of anyone who is puzzle edus, that is, someone who cannot give testimony because he's a sinner. If he makes his statement in conversation, not intending that it be relied upon as testimony, it can be accepted. 18 Talacha. If a witness came and testified that her husband died, and then she gets married on that basis, and later another witness comes and says, no, he did not die, the status has not changed, she's still permitted to remarry. 19 Talacha. But if the two witnesses came at the same time, and one said he died, and the other said he did not die, she should not remarry on that basis. It doesn't matter if the witnesses are both men or both women. The 20 Talacha is a little complicated. The basic subject is when we can trust the testimony of one witness, even over two witnesses. So in the last example, if there were two witnesses, one said her husband died and the other said he did not die, and she says, I know he died, she would be permitted to marry the witness that testified on her behalf because they both know the truth of the matter. But if two witnesses came and contradicted his testimony, she would have to divorce him. Similarly, if one woman testified that her husband died, and there's no reason to think that she's lying, we can accept that testimony unless two men come and testify otherwise. But if one acceptable witness testified that she was permitted to remarry, even if a hundred unacceptable witnesses came and testified that she should not be able to remarry, she can remarry. 21st Salacha. But if one woman testified that her husband died, and she says, yes, he died, and then one acceptable witness comes and says that he did not die, she should not remarry on that basis. 22nd Halacha. Or if one woman said that a man did not die, and two said he did, the wife may remarry. 23rd Halacha. But if two acceptable witnesses come and say that he died, and two say he did not die, she should not remarry, and if she does, she would be forced to leave her second husband, because of the doubt created by the conflicting testimony. Unless she married one of the witnesses who testified on her behalf, who said, I am certain that he died, and she agrees. 24th Halacha. If a woman came and testified that her husband died, she is believed. But if he was married to two women, and one of the women comes and testifies that her husband died, the second wife would not be permitted to remarry based upon that testimony, because, as we said before, there is a concern that the second wife hates her and wants to make life difficult for her. Perhaps she's trying to make the woman usher to her husband. But if she says her husband died, and the other wife says no, he did not, we believe her that her husband died. And naturally, if one said that he died, and the other said he was killed, they both may remarry, because they both agree about the main thing, which is that he's no longer alive.